Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 88 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I hope this episode finds you well, and I thank you for giving me some of your time today. On today's episode, we're going around and around with a circle theme. Before we get started, if you haven't checked out the merch store yet, there's a link in the show notes. Now, let's get around to exploring today's phrases, origins, history, and more. First up is a vicious circle, which can also be said as a vicious cycle or a vicious spiral. This is defined by Merriam-Webster as an argument or definition that begs the question, or as a chain of events in which the response to one difficulty creates a new problem that aggravates the original difficulty. In other words, it's the idea that trying to fix something just leads to new problems that only make the original problem worse. Let's look at the word vicious first. It comes from the Latin word vitium, meaning vice, which became the Latin word vitiosus, which means defective or faulty. Vicious, spelled the way we still spell it, came about in Old French, and combined with the meaning of the two Latin root words, we got the Middle English definition of characterized by immorality. This immoral meaning has morphed over time into the cruel and violent usage we have today. Since we're looking at a lot of circular stuff today, here's the etymology of circle as well. It comes from the Latin word circus, meaning ring, which became circulus, meaning small ring. That became the old French word circle, spelled C-E-R-C-L-E, which changed to C-I-R-C-L-E in Old English. Since circles are unending, the saying makes a lot of sense. If you have something unendingly false or violent, you're not likely to find a good solution to your original problem. Vicious circle can be traced back to the 18th century and comes from my least favorite subject, math. Some old-timey times logicians first used the term vicious circle as a name for a false proof, which sounds like an oxymoron to me. Anyway, the proof goes like this. A depends on B, B depends on C, C depends on A. This is referenced in the Encyclopedia Britannica in 1792. Quote, he runs into what is termed by logicians a vicious circle. End quote. Over the next couple of centuries, the idea spread from math to the medical field. By the early 19th century, it was being used medically to describe illnesses where one symptom would affect another symptom, leading to a patient getting sicker and sicker. Vicious cycle came into use soon after this, as we find it in 1858 in a November 24th article in the New York Times. It said, quote, We are told that the seas and provinces of the Turkish Empire must be occupied until all the stipulations of the treaty be fulfilled. But this is voluntarily to go into a vicious cycle, in which 
as appears to us, our opponents are desirous of entrenching themselves. End quote. Vicious Spiral came later still, not appearing in print until 1916, in the Syracuse Herald, a newspaper from Syracuse, New York. An article printed in March of that year was titled The Vicious Spiral, and here's the spiral it was referring to. Quote, we keep on putting up prices, raising wages so that people can pay the prices, raising prices again because people can better afford to pay them. End quote. Now, let's do some running. Okay, toppers, I'm not doing any actual running. That's just not my jam. But if someone runs circles around someone, it means that they are better at something than the other person. Some people may say this one as run rings around, which is actually how the phrase was used at first. Before the saying became idiomatic, it was used literally. It was a hunting term and is first used in print in 1717 by Member of Parliament for Ipswich, William Churchill. In reference to hunting hares with greyhounds, he said, quote, Hunt circling hares or wily foxes chase. Their mazy rings and fly meanders trace. End quote. That led to the term running rings being used to describe prey, especially foxes, as they ran from hunters. The modern day meaning of being outdone physically or mentally came about in the late 19th century. In a November 1880 edition of the Waikato Times, a New Zealand newspaper, we find this quote. Failing Mr. Clark's acceptance of the invitation to become a candidate for election as mayor, there were several other well-known citizens who could run rings around Mr. Larkins. End quote. Shortly after this, we began seeing circle used instead of ring. In a July 1897 article in the Syracuse Standard, another newspaper from Syracuse, New York, we find this, quote, the speedy Harrisaw flyer could run circles around any of the craft running between Clayton and the bay. End quote. Now, let's play a game. Round robin means something happens in a sequence or in a series. If being used to describe a competition, it means that every competitor competes against all the others. Also, and this one I didn't know before I began researching this episode, it can be used to describe signatures on a document that are written in a circle in order to hide the order people signed it in. The phrase has also been used as an insult and a type of dance or game. Some people think the term comes from the fact that robins look round, and others just think it has to do with the alliteration in the saying. The saying technically started as a derogatory nickname back in the 16th century. It meant something along the lines of untrustworthy or devious. We find it used this way in print in a work by Miles Coverdale, a British ecclesiastical reformer, Bible translator, and preacher. He was even the Bishop of Exeter, albeit only for two years, from 1551 to 1553. Anyway, in 1546, he wrote, quote, Certain fond talkers apply to this most holy sacrament names of despot and reproach, as to call it jack-in-the-box and round-robin, and such other not only fond but also blasphemous names, end quote. 
Back then, the word fond was used to say foolish, so round-robin was definitely not a complimentary term. The next major step in the history of this saying comes from the French term Ruben Ronde, which means round ribbon in English. In the 17th century, the French were known for signing petitions on ribbons, which were then attached to the petition in a circle. This protected the signers from having to reveal the order they signed the petition, which was a good idea, as the monarchy was known to sentence the first two or three people who signed a petition against them to be beheaded. The British Royal Navy is credited with anglicizing the term when they began signing petitions with their signatures arranged like the spokes of a wheel. That way they could file official grievances about their superiors without revealing who signed first, again to avoid punishment. In various periods of old-timey times, there have been dances called rounds, and there was a game called Robin Robin. Although I couldn't find out how this game was played, I did find it listed as an example of a high-spirited game, so I'm assuming it involved lots of moving around and wasn't a board or card game played at a table. Anyway, the dances and games helped the saying become less about hiding your part in requesting change and more about having fun or competing. By 1895, this circular saying had fully made its way to the world of sports and became a type of tournament. Now, let's throw our hats into the ring. To throw your hat into the ring means to accept a challenge or to show a desire to join in with something. The ring you're throwing your hat into is a boxing ring. Before we explore the hat further, I've often wondered why the square that people box in is called a ring and this seemed like a perfect time to find out. People have been fighting each other for an awfully long time. Fighting each other with fists is thought to have become a sport somewhere around the year 4000 BC. But, of course, way back then in old-timey times, there weren't really rules, and the fighters could basically do whatever they wanted to. This didn't really change for thousands of years. In 1713, Sir Thomas Parkins, a British baronet who loved wrestling so much he was known as the Wrestling Baronet, described a typical match as including, quote, eye gouging, choking, punching, headbutting, and other such street fighting tactics, end quote. Boxing became a bit more fair and regulated in 1743. An English bare-knuckle boxer named John Broughton wanted to make the sport more civilized mainly because a fighter he defeated, George Stevenson, died a few days after the match from injuries he received during the fight. Broughton came up with seven rules that basically turned the anything-goes fistfights into the sport we know today. Let's move back in time again. No matter how fair the fight was, most fights fought for sport throughout history took place in a ring of some sort even if it was just a ring of spectators surrounding the fighters. We have the Amphitheater of Pompeii, which is the oldest surviving Roman amphitheater, having been built around the year 70 BC. About a century later, we get the Colosseum, one of the most famous amphitheaters in the world, if not the most famous. Sumo wrestling, which still takes place in a circle, has been around for over 2,000 years. Fighting in a ring is a time-honored tradition that spans many cultures. So why do boxers now use a square 
and why is it still called a ring? Well, a few minutes ago, I went down what probably seemed like a rabbit trail, because some people attribute the modern-day square rings to John Broughton. In reality, they weren't common for around a century after he laid out his fair fight rules. The real reason the roped-off square area came into use was to keep spectators back to protect both them and the fighters. That's it. It just made it safer for everyone involved. However, since fighting had taken place in rings for so long, the name stuck. Now, where does the hat come into all of this? Going back to before we got the roped-off squares, if someone in the crowd wanted to challenge a fighter in the ring, they could literally throw their hat into the ring. The wild fights and loud crowds made it hard for one man to be heard calling out his challenge, but flinging a hat into the middle of the fighting area, well, that made a statement. The first use in print is believed to be in an article in the Morning Chronicle, a newspaper from London. On November 30, 1904, here's what it said, quote, Belcher first threw his hat into the ring over the heads of the spectators as an act of defiance to his antagonist, who received him in the ring with a welcome smile. End quote. It didn't take long to become an idiom after that, as we find it used this way on September 18th of 1920. In a letter that was published in the Reading Berkshire paper called the Reading Mercury, Oxford Gazette, we find this quote. Now, sir, I throw down my glove, or according to the more modern fancy, throw my hat in the ring, and challenge you to produce proofs from the reading address, of what you have thus upon two occasions so confidently advanced, and if I do not answer you satisfactorily, let me be stigmatized as an enemy to truth. End quote. Okay, I think I've gone in enough circles here. It's time for today's familiar quotation. Topper's today's familiar quotation is from Harriet Walter. Here's what she had to say about circles. Quote, I think chatting with friends is relaxing. I've picked them up all my life. If you live long enough, you'd end up with quite a large circle. End quote. Thank you, Miss Walter, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words, love advice from old-timey times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old, and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't expect to drop into matrimonial harmony with the end of the honeymoon. You have not thoroughly learned to know each other's foibles by that time. And now for the men. Don't nag your wife. If she has burnt the cake or forgotten to sew on a button, she doesn't want to be told of it over and over again. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for episode 88. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. 
As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnofphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast. Researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, thanks for hanging around with me. Toodaloo! And now... This is... Let me rephrase. Which is also said as a vicious, <laughs> vicious, I lost my place. Some old timey times logicians first, no, some old timey times logicians, logician, logicians, aid, oops, I hit my microphone stand. In a November 1880 edition of the Wakato Times, no, wake. Wicado, which were then attached to the petit petit petit. That way, they could file a grievance. A grievance? That's not right. I've often wondered why the square people. Nope. <laughs> Most fights fought for sport throughout the. <laughs> Whoops. In the Reading Berkshire paper called the Reading Mirror. 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 Mirror.